So we decided to do a recording and give all of you some feedback on uh, all the factors that we've considered in wisdom and according to the scriptures concerning whether we should continue to meet as a fellowship or not. Uh, legislation from government has been clear that all faith-based gatherings have been prohibited until further notice. And so we're going to consider two uh, main factors in our feedback, and this is whether we should obey government and government ruling, and we're going to look at the scriptures that talk about that. And then we're also going to weigh up the personal risk factor to each member and the risk to the fellowship of getting infected or infecting others. And uh, considering all of these factors and everything that we're going to discuss, we've done our best to consider everything morally, practically, and from a wisdom perspective. Just to give you some uh, background, we've asked for feedback from everybody and thank you uh, for everyone giving feedback, even those that would not be able to be here um, did the right thing and they gave input. Um, so there has been quite a, a diversity of viewpoints. Some of the input that we've received is that we should obey the government's um, instructions. Um, some other input has been that the risk is too high for us to, to meet together as far as infections are concerned and the risk to the fellowship uh, also from a, a law-abiding point of view and we've listened to those voices. Uh, some other people gave feedback that um, for them the risk would be uh, too high and we also understand that completely. And so we understand that there's, there's a lot of factors to consider, and we've considered it. Nadia will explain to us, uh, firstly, what our approach has been. And, but we've listened to all of you, we've listened carefully, and we mm -hmm. have considered every little bit of it. There's been a, quite a few people that said they feel a great need to um, be together as a fellowship, to be in the same place, to pray together, and that they felt that the the need to be together is um, is more important. And us being together, uh, praying for the situation and binding, coming together in agreements more, has more power and is of more importance than to try and mitigate the, the risks. Okay. Okay, so um, there are a few scriptures that talk about obeying governments. Uh, we're going to read the one in Romans chapter 13. You're welcome to go read the others. So in Romans chapter 13 from verse 1 says that every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him that practices evil. And then it continues. <clears throat> um, 
So just looking at this scripture, we're going to read some more just now. Just looking at this scripture, if we take into account that it says we should be subject to governing authorities, then we could say let us adhere to the scripture because that is what it says. But then it continues to say that all authority has been put in place by God. And the scripture clearly implies that authority has been put in place by God and then that these authorities would um, execute their authority according to the will and the ways of God and that they would be just and righteous in their actions and in their decisions and in their ruling. Now, practically, looking throughout all ages, this is just not true. It's just not true that all authority has been put in place by God because then this scripture would have to apply to the pharaohs of the Egyptian dynasty. It would have to apply to the uh, ancient Aztec rulers. It would have to apply to the Caesars during the Roman rule. It would have to apply to the governments of communist China. It would have to apply to the governments of North Korea. And we just see that practically what the scripture say ju says just doesn't hold. It just doesn't stand. So the fact of the matter is that we have no intention of rebelling or protesting or making, you know, standing up against governments. But, and, and as far as we can, we want to submit because we do not want to be a, a rebellious type of people. Um, it's also important to take into account that, especially on this point, the reason that Paul would have written this to the church in Rome in Rome, is that the church would have been a breeding ground for people to become politically involved, uh, politically fired up, uh, and want to kind of give, give input and get involved, and perhaps even wanted to start turning around the worldly system that they were that they were in. And Paul is writing to this to them so that he can kind of stop them from getting too involved, from shifting their focus, from wanting to get involved in things that they shouldn't be uh, giving too much attention to. So, so this would have been the motivation for, for writing this piece of scripture so that they could keep their gaze and their focus fixed on the things of God and the ways of God and the will of God. Um, He's writing this to the church in Rome, and we know that the government in Rome is certainly not what Paul says here. Definitely not. Uh, the government in Rome would have um, enforced and empowered the idol worship cultures of their day. We know that over this period of time, for instance, um, the Roman citizens had... Uh, complete and utter control over their slaves and um, there would have been laws I suppose that a slave couldn't resist a master when a master wanted to take sexual advantage of them. Um, we know that there is uh, just practically no way that the Roman government in its time was representative of Yahweh in any way. So we understand that Paul is making a strategic move in writing these things in his letter. Because if the letters were scrutinized, he had to make it very clear that the instruction to the church was do not get involved with politics. 
Don't get involved with being indoctrinated. Don't get involved with uh, dissipation mm. of any sort. Mm-hmm. So we understand the context. Yet he does say that a person who disobeys government will uh, face judgment mm. from God. And we have to consider this. We can't just ignore it. Um, and I've said this before, and this is not going to be a popular point of view. But in our church, I'm the apostle. And I adhere and I acknowledge to what Paul the Apostle wrote at all times. But Paul isn't here today. And Paul isn't going to be there in the end time church when they have to make decisions. Paul wrote something for his church in his time uh, under certain circumstances and with certain context. Now when it comes to kingdom doctrine, we do not question what the apostles established. When it comes to eternal truth, we do not question it. But when it comes to uh, culturally um, applicable instructions in their time, worldly instructions, they were practically leading a church on a day-to-day basis and guiding believers on a day-to-day basis. And so uh, as... um, radical as this might be as the apostle for this church. I'm going to weigh up and I'm going to take his words into advisement and then I'm going to look at our time, our circumstance and the future and I'm going to make wise decisions for us because we cannot be leaderless in our time. Mm. Paul is an advisor to us when it comes to practical things. When it comes to eternal doctrinal things, I will not question those things because that's Holy Spirit. Mm. This cannot be the final word by the Holy Spirit because we also know that when um, Martin Luther and uh, those uh, great heroes of the faith Mm. had to make their decisions, they had to make decisions to disobey the governments of their time. And it wasn't just the government in England or in Germany. It was the ruler structure, ruling structure of the modern world that they had to disobey. They were declared outlaws because of it. And they most certainly did not. If they had adhered to to this piece of scripture, then we would not have church as we know it now. And you'd be reading a Latin Bible right now. Well, you possibly wouldn't have had a Bible for yourself to read. So this is, this is just a balanced thinking that we are embracing when it comes to this. And just another thought, um, you know, we could, we could tell ourselves, but okay, it's possibly just for the next two weeks. You know, it's not a, it's not a huge deal. Maybe we should just, you know, adhere to, to their ruling for now. It is a second wave. We don't want to get infected and they have put these rules in place for the well-being of all. So let's just adhere to them now. Um, the problem with that is if we, if we take that stance now and we make that decision now and the government decides to, in a month's time, uh, ban all faith-based gatherings for another six months, then we would still have to adhere to the scripture. We yeah. can't adhere sometimes and other times not. 
So we need to be very careful in making these decisions now when it doesn't necessarily seem like such a long-term effect uh, and take into account that if push does come to shove and the, and the scenario worsens, then we need to still be able to make the same decisions and take in the same st uh, stances that we do now. So, so those are also things to consider in wisdom. Uh, if we're going to adhere to it now, then we should adhere to it always. And so we cannot um, uphold this ruling by the Apostle Paul as a commandment and a rule. Mm -hmm. It is very clear that um, the government and uh, the governments of the world right now is not appointed by God. I cannot agree with that. If Paul said this for whatever reason, and even if he believes it, in our time the governments of the world is not appointed by God. Because that would mean that we say that the government of North Korea is appointed by God. Mm. So we're saying it's not true. That they are serving the purposes of God, that's not true. Unless God's purposes is to allow certain things to happen that is not in line with his word, not in line with the expressed will of what we mm. see in his word. Mm. Um, his expressed will is that... Uh, all would be able to hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. We know that worldwide that is being prohibited by many governments. Mm. Okay, so basically we, we're saying we're going to not be rebellious. As far as we can, we're going to be law-abiding citizens. As far as the government's measures are concerned, we're in full support. Yes. It is necessary at this time for them to put measures in place uh, over the season of the end of the year and possible New Year celebrations, it is the wisest thing to put Definitely. measures in place. So that the virus doesn't spread. Yeah. And we support it yes. because of the COVID situation. Now, let's look at the COVID situation. Are you going to read the rest yes, of the scriptures Yes, let me just read first? two more scriptures for us. So the one is in Acts chapter 5. Uh, verse 29, where the Pharisees uh, take Peter and John and tell them that they shouldn't be preaching the truth. And then it says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And then confirms the gospel just after that. Okay. So we, here we see a, see a specific dynamic where this is the religious authority mm. and governance in Which would time. have been the, yeah, the governance yeah. of the Jewish people. Mm. Okay, so under certain circumstances, we see that these disciples or apostles say that they cannot obey government because it's contrary. Mm. To Again, we, do, we see that they're not even, they're not being rebellious uh, to all the laws or mm. all the, the ways that they've put in place or, or the structure that they've put in place, there are certain things that they cannot agree with yeah. or submit to. So we'll consider all these things, yes. Okay, then the next one is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And this is just before Yahushua's ascension. And he says, And Yahushua came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Right. Okay, so we understand that Paul says that Authority on earth has been given by God to governments and that uh, they then directly represent the authority of um, God. But here we see also 
and, and it, we have to balance it out that Yahushua has all authority in heaven and on earth. Okay, so that being established, mm. um, how do we understand this season of heightened risk in context to time and so on? Yeah, okay, so <clears throat> obviously we are um, in unusual circumstances in the world. And there is a threat and there is a risk of getting infected and getting sick. And uh, we could say, well, you know, there's a second wave now, so the risk has been heightened. But the fact of the matter is that this risk of getting sick or even infecting others has been around for, for nearly a year now. Uh, we're looking at about 10 months worldwide, about a year that this risk has, has been here. And uh, it would be safe to assume that the risk, as far as we can understand, is going to be here for at least the next year to come. And, um, and so even though at this very moment there is a bit of a heightened risk, the fact is that the risk remains. Um, and so we have had uh, feedback of people saying that they feel to, to fellowship is uh, risky in the sense of possibly infecting each other. But then we, we need to take into account the following things. If someone were to say that they, they really are taking all the measures that they practically and possibly can to keep themselves safe and to keep themselves distanced from other people so that they don't get sick and they limit their going to the shops to about once or twice a month, making a list, going in, getting what they need and coming out. Uh, not going to restaurants or coffee shops, not visiting friends and family. Um, you know, if, if a person has put those things in place to minimize or mitigate a risk of getting infected, and such a person would then say that they feel uh, that coming to fellowship is, is too big of a risk and they don't want to get infected, then we fully support that. And they have our blessing, and that's fine, and there's no judgment, and we, we agree with that. However, uh, if those things are not the case, and those measures or such measures have not been put into place uh, for a person to uh, avoid risk at all cost of getting infected, but such a person says that they um, feel the risk of coming to fellowship is too great, then um, that would be a cause for, for concern. Mm. So we're thinking theoretically. Just theoretically. Looking at all uh, scenarios. Mm. And, and, you know, it just occurred to us and we realized that we need to just bring this to the attention of everybody. Yes, we, we want to look what at everything. Yeah, we want to look at everything realistic and practically and obviously in wisdom. Um, so, so, so if I said, well, I think the risk of coming to the fellowship and uh, praying together is, is too big. I think we shouldn't do it. But I went for a coffee on Wednesday at a coffee shop. Then it's a blind spot. And I didn't realize that actually, uh, you know, that what I'm saying doesn't make sense. Mm. That's what we're saying. Yeah. The, it's just trying to look at everything mathematically and trying to see how everything adds up. So, so that's basically what we're looking at. No. And this will be different for different people. Yes. So many of us are going to implement wisdom 
and we're going to implement some measures mm. to keep ourselves safe, but we are going to not stop fellowshipping mm. and visiting with people. Um, what about the greater extent of things, visiting people and so on? Yeah, so, um, well, one big we, big aspect that we might look at is... Um, <clears throat> We understand that most of us, all of us, are uh, dependent on income. So most of us, even during the risk and the, the virus and for the last year, we've all been dependent on an income to survive. And so even during this time of risk, most of us would still be going to work because it's necessary to make a living and support ourselves and to eat. Um, but then obviously, even in these circumstances, we are exposing ourselves. So if one could take in the perspective that if uh, surviving in the physical is uh, important enough to take the risk of possibly getting infected, then the same should be valid for our spiritual survival and our spiritual well-being. Uh, if we're willing to take the risk in the one, then we should be willing to take the risk in the other. Um, the fact, yeah, yeah, and this is spiritual survival. This is. This is. We have seen um, during this time of having to be a bit isolated, uh, we have picked up um, some negative effects. Uh, we know that if we are isolated, if the members of the body, and not just, we don't just mean this fellowship. Uh, once the members of the body start being scattered and isolated, this uh, does cause a weak spot in the body and the enemy tends to be right on that. So um, demonic ministry flourishes under these kind of circumstances and we want to be aware of these things, not scared of these things, but we want to be wise in how we keep ourselves safe um, individually, but more than that as a body. Mm. Um, so we want to take those things in, into account. Ever so slightly, mindsets can shift mm. from what the agreement would be here, the culture would be here, the focus on principles, the focus on why we do what we do, why we do things the way that we do them, uh, the mindset of agreement. Uh, mm. Everybody knows that you started coming to the fellowship and your perspective changed. You started seeing things differently than before. Um, now, if we isolate it, the, uh, we can move back into more critical ideas, old ideas, old thought patterns, um, and it could take all kinds of forms. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the reasons why getting together and being together is so vital. The body is uh, healthier when they get together on a regular basis. Again, you could say, well, it's only two weeks. But the thing is, we have been... Um, in a situation where we have not been able to get together. For um, about three weeks. Mm -hmm. And now we're facing another two weeks and then we might be in Malawi for another two weeks. So for us, that's why we're taking this so seriously. It's a long, mm. uh, long break in fellowship and there will be negative effect. There's mm -hmm. a high risk spiritually and we are weighing up the physical risk uh, uh, versus the spiritual risk. Mm -hmm. So what are we saying? Let's all relook at this thing. Okay. There is a risk for every person that will come to a possible getting together. Mm. We will try and put every measure that we can in place. 
you know, going to become uh, complacent easily again. Mm. So we'll wear our masks. We will uh, sanitize. We'll sanitize during. Should someone go to the bathroom, you sanitize before, you sanitize mm. when you come out, you sanitize where you touch, mm. that kind of thing. Or well, social distance as far as possible. As far as possible. So we're going to do whatever we can to keep each other safe. Mm. But there's still a risk. There's a risk that we can be discovered if we meet together. There's a risk that we, that somebody does come in and they are asymptomatic or they are carrying it on their hands mm. or whatever. There's this tiny risk. Mm. Um, and this is where we want to bring everybody's attention to whatever's true out there. So you might say, well, there's too, much, too high a risk to come to the fellowship. Then we're going to assume that that same person has not been visiting friends and family in the uh, days um, preceding uh, the possible fellowship time and they will not be visiting friends and family in the week or so after or while the risk is high because if the risk is too high in fellowship then the risk is equally too high to go visit with friends or to go to the mall or to go to a restaurant or to go to a coffee shop. Or to the movies. And so let's be realistic. Mm. So if you're keeping yourself safe to that degree, mm. then fair enough. By all means. If you want to avoid the risk at the fellowship, then fair enough. Um, let's just make sure that that's true. Um, let's not forget, miss the fact that I was just in the mall uh, looking for a new shirt or a dress and now Sunday seems too dangerous to go and worship the Lord together. Okay, now, having said that, there's a real risk. Every person that decides to come, you are responsible for the risk. You know the risk. Mm. We're all saying that we know there's a risk and we are considering is the risk worth mm. um, taking mm. because we know there is a real spiritual risk. Yes. If we... Uh, do not mm. a fellowship together long term. Now we also want to make it clear that we're not trying to kind of manipulate what your decision should be. Every person is free to make their own decision about what they're willing to do and not willing to do, whether they're willing to come or not willing to come and on what basis they make these decisions. That's up to each person to decide on their own and hopefully between themselves and God. And that's their business. So there's not going to be any criticism or judgment from our side. All we're trying to do is shine a light and bring some, some of the wisdom that we feel we've gained and to help everyone just look at things realistically. Yep. There's a, a, what the government is doing over this time is right because of the New Year's and Christmas dynamic. Mm. But it's not that, in any way, there's no chance that the risk is going to be less at the end of January. And so are we going to send our kids back to school? Because if, if the risk is too high now, then the risk is too high then. Am I, am I going to um, take public transport mm. in, in end of January? Because if the risk is too high now, the risk is going to be too high then. Um, we are going to face these risks all the time. Mm. And it's not going to be gone in two weeks' time. Or even perhaps in, most likely in two months' time. 
So we are going to look at this realistically. And so we're just communicating to you our thought processes, what we're looking at and how we thought about it. So our final decision on this is that you cannot serve two masters at the mm. same time. And we know the scripture is applicable to mammon. It says you can't so serve Yahweh and mammon uh, because you will not be able to serve two. Now the world system and our government wouldn't dare um, break their daily sacrifices to mammon for the sake of keeping the world safe. Our uh, system, our government, everybody, society would not dare take away all worship from mammon for two weeks. And the fact is shown in the, in the way that they are allowing casinos to remain open. Sports events, although limited, to remain open. Restaurants, <coughs> uh, Betting houses, open. Uh, restaurants, open. And, um, Shops, open. So we can see they will not take away sacrifices and worship from mammon, but they will ask us to take our service and our worship away from God. And we're talking about in a corporate sense. You could say, well, we could all still worship the Lord in private, at our homes, in our families. We can still read the Word and we can still uh, be together. But again, if we obey the idea that we should uh, adhere to everything the government says, if we make a rule out of that, if we make a ruling now, then that's going to be our ruling. And we can't change it in the future. So we say no. Okay, so this is what it all boils down to. Pretty simple. We have taken note of what uh, several scriptures say. In the broad sense of life, we obey government. Mm -hmm. As long as what government has passed as law is not impeding mm. our uh, right and our ability to live, to live in freedom mm. and to worship the Lord in freedom and to love each other and to do what's best for uh, our lives. Mm. If it's law and order we're talking about, by all means. Mm. Um, but we are not going to establish that as the scripture says you must obey and then we're going to say we're going to obey everything because we're not going to obey everything they say long term. We know we're not going to. Um, we, therefore, if members of this fellowship want to get together, fellowship together, watch a movie together, have a meal together over this time, be careful, know the risk, be aware of what you do, be wise, and we know that you are wise. But be blessed. Be blessed. And we bless that and we encourage that, mm. actually. Um, as far as uh, when we and if we do get together to pray together and there is a need to baptize someone right now, uh, we will um, let everybody know. But a person that feel that they don't want to take the risk or it's not their own conviction, mm. don't judge the others. Mm. Um, send your blessing and then we won't ask questions if somebody doesn't want to no, come. We won't. Okay, that's between you and yourself. We are going to do what we need to do. 
to keep everybody healthy spiritually and to keep everybody focused spiritually. Mm. Um, we don't foresee that after two weeks much would have changed. Mm. Okay. Um, and that's, that's our basic conclusion that we, were, we are going to be wise, mm. be careful, try and protect each other. We know there's a risk. Mm. We think that and we feel that the spiritual risk is higher, mm. the spiritual cost is higher. And if someone did, get, uh, did contract the virus, if that person will survive it. And if they don't, then they proceed, they precede us into the kingdom of heaven. But we are going to continue steadfastly serving the Lord as much as we can. We need each other. We need to be together. Yes. We are a body and we are in a spiritual war situation. Yes. Right a heightened now. war situation. A heightened well. war situation. This virus is only a part of a bigger systematic breaking down mm. of the agreement between believers. Mm. It's happening in every church, even the bad ones. Yes. And there's going to be another form that's taking play, form uh, out of this situation. We're not going to uh, be reformed mm. by a world system, even if the, it's, it's using very effective weapons. Mm. So that's where we are at. Everybody be blessed. Have a wonderful uh, evening. And although we don't celebrate the new years, uh, it is the last day of 2020. Thank mm. God, we bid you goodbye. <laughs> we survived. Good <laughs> and um, we still had a good year and a blessed year. And yes. We are very, very grateful for the way that yes. we came through this year. Yes. yes. And um, we are even grateful for the fact that we contracted COVID because now it's been in our system. We have antibodies and we, all of us, actually went through it very well. Yes. And the Lord saved us, the Lord protected us and preserved us, and we are just jubilant mm -hmm. when it comes to those things. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord, for 2020, a year of growth mm -hmm. and a year of moving forward, a great momentum in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we're hoping that that would be true for every single individual member. Uh, Shana needs to be baptized. Keep that in mind and please pray about that. Um, she's been waiting too long. We've got to get it done. Pray for her and pray for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Keep contacting each other. Send messages to each other. Do your bit to stay in contact with everybody. Yes. Do your bit. You, we are the body. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's up to you. It's your responsibility. Bye-bye.